and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 FM as we get back to local programming here on both of those signals. We appreciate you spending some of your morning uh, here with Trent and myself. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like, well, it does a lot of Mondays during football season, but that'll do an abrupt face here coming up. Uh, we'll start with Scott Dockerman at the bottom of the hour. Our friend Doc uh, from The Athletic will join us. A lot of topics to speak with uh, Scott about. Look forward to doing so at 10.30. 11.05, Bama Trent and I will recap the New Year's Six. Maybe a quick peek ahead to a week from today, the National Championship game. And then Dave Sproul, back from the Fiesta Bowl, will be our final guest at 11.35. Uh, he will join us as we'll do more on Iowa State uh, and their win over Oregon and a New Year's Six Bowl trophy and some... Uh, Check marks and boxes that have never been checked before, never come close to getting to that page in the book where you check those check marks. Iowa State had that kind of football season this year, and hats off to them for that, and tip of the cap to their fan base, who royally deserved that moment on Saturday after a lot of disappointing seasons. Couldn't be happier for that group. We had an unbelievably entertaining basketball game prior to that. Uh, at the rack as Rutgers and Iowa went toe-to-toe. We'll get to that coming up, probably more so with Doc at the bottom of the hour. The NFL is set, an embarrassment, a black eye on the league last night in the final game of the regular season. Uh, just a joke the way the Eagles handled the uh, third quarter of that football game. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point as well. But how are you, Trent Condon? Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year to you. It was uh, a fun weekend, all kinds of sports all over the place, and Sadly, our college football viewing is coming to a close. I <laughs> mentioned to you when it came in today, normally we get like a Birmingham Bowl, Old International Bowl, something here, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday leading us in, and we got one left, just one That's college it. football game. But we'll have more coming up here in when. When will the Panthers start? Yes, uh, FCS football. I think February 20th is when the Missouri Valley Football <laughs> so Conference weird. will start. Now, fingers crossed that they get started. Uh, right. Somebody asked us oh, at some point over the holiday, if we'd heard about television mm-hmm. arrangements, and I and I reached out to a guy that covers the FCS, and that's what he does for a living, and I asked him that question, and he said, at least to begin, it's going to be ESPN pluses for the most part only. Gotcha. So if you're looking for, you know, you want to turn on a CBS Sports Network, where by the way Drake plays tonight at six, mm-hmm. uh, or an NBC or some one of those other ones, uh, in all likelihood, at least to begin will be ESPN Plus or ESPN3 or whatever those are. So, anyways, we've got to start with Iowa State uh, picking off Oregon. John Haycock just continues to... The adjustments this guy's make, Trent, it's like a broken record. Seemingly every week we Mm -hmm. come in and say the exact same thing. Iowa State was... um, Seemingly the opponent was maybe not doing what they wanted to, uh, but certainly they didn't have a lot of answers until the second half. I mean, the, the intermission, whatever Haycock does, and he did it again. He did it again. They shut Oregon out when they had no answer for Oregon in the first half. Yeah, they're going up and down the field. Brown comes in. He looks great. Mm-hmm. Chuck looked okay. and Brown looked better. He did. And then the second half comes. Different and story. How does that happen? I don't Because and, it's happened time after yes. time after time. And if that's the case, 
why isn't an SEC program that can spend two and a half million dollars? Well, don't go there. Huh? No, seriously. <laughs> we have the same conversation with Phil Parker, who is as good as you get, mm-hmm. but we never hear. Yeah, Eka. we I never know. hear Phil. What is it? Just they don't talk to the football scoops of the world, maybe, and they don't put their names out there, or and, their agents don't, right? And it's just they're happy where they yeah, are. And I hope that's the case in both cases. They're making a million dollars. It, it's sure. fine. And that goes a long way in names and goes a long way in Iowa City. Because we have two of the best defensive uh-huh. coordinators in the country Excellent point. in our state, yet they're not in that continued mm-hmm. carousel of coordinator Excellent after coordinator point. after coordinator. Does yep. age have something to do with it? I think that's a part two. That's very fair. Yeah, both those guys are older. Uh-huh. But they've been at it a long time. Oh, my. Have they been really good at Wizards, it? Wizards, both of them. But he I and I, it, this happens seemingly every single game. This won't be the game he'll be able to hit those exact right buttons. Did it look like it was going to be the case in the first 30 minutes? No. No. Oh, they, they, had, they were going to have to outscore the... Well, yeah. of course, that's how you win And they were going games. to. And right. they were... Right. Probably so. But defensively, it looked like this is going to be an up-and-down-the-field kind mm-hmm. of game. And then the second half comes. Mm. And it looks like a completely different defensive mm-hmm. Iowa State team. It does. And and we've again it's broken record. We've been saying it seemingly every Monday when we reconvene here. Uh, you know where I want to start? Two kind of off the beaten topics that you know. And, and there's going to be praise. I'm sure that uh, there was praise from six to eight, to from two to four, and then from four to six. There's going to be more of it. Two 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 things. One of them, and this may have happened before. I don't remember it ever happening. So. I, I stuck with it when my wife was hoping they would play Sweet Caroline on ESPN, so we weren't turning the channel. Okay, TV, all right. Because right? she was she wanted, she was waiting for that moment when <laughs> when Neil Diamond cranked up. They're not in Ames, honey. <laughs> but anyways, so they had the siren there though. So. They did. So Campbell's on the stage getting the trophy. Uh-huh. Very early in his one of his answers to his questions, or that uh, uh, that Quint Kesnick has answered, he acknowledged the parents. He acknowledged the parents of the team, of the of the young men that make up the comprise the team, and wanted to make sure that they were recognized. Have you ever heard a winning coach at a moment like that thank the parents? At the collegiate level, no. No, right? Right. At the high school level, all the time. Right. But Matt Campbell thought to do that in the moment of the biggest win in school. And that stuck with me. I thought that was really cool. And the other thing is... And I wanted to, and I want to credit where credit is due because it's been really easy over his career since Connor Asali got the job to pick on him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's been so many of those kicks that just, you know, weren't even close. But Asali in his final game, Trent, look at it, at the, at the, in the grand scheme of things, going up three scores meant nothing because Oregon didn't score. Right. But at the time, Asali goes out and he's an adventure. And this is 39, 40 yards. And if you had to bet, I mean, if you were doing in-game betting, make it yes or no, most people are hitting the no box on your DraftKings app. Split the sticks. I mean, good for him. His extra points are right down the middle. I get it. We're, we're praising a kicker who kicks an extra point. But that hasn't been his case. But my point being, in his final appearance, and it felt like at the time, going up three scores, you know what? Cyclone Nation. Go ahead and exhale. It's fait accompli. And now it's on to a new kicker. As right. they get the grad transfer coming in from, what was it, the Ivy League? Uh, no, it's Fordham. Uh, Fordham, yes. Yeah, yes. Fordham. And, they'll get the and grad... he didn't kick at all. didn't play this year. Right. Didn't have any right. games, but. Yeah, we'll see. From the highlight videos that he put out there, looks dang good. Does he? No. There's no rush. 
There's no snap. Yeah. It's him alone with the T. Yeah. Knocking, <laughs> knocking through 55 yards. Oh, that's yarders. different than having... Oh, I didn't touch. realize Just that. a touch, but... Yeah. We'll and see then the they, and they got a... Uh, didn't they sign a kid, too? Uh, a high school kid? Yeah, a young kid, yeah. With the, who's got the... Um, I don't know. Because they had the number one kicker in the country, but then he decommitted and ended up at... I don't know. State, something like that. But yeah. regardless, yeah. Kickers, always an adventure. And college mm-hmm. kickers, always an adventure. And good for a Sal, you're right. You think about some of those times, too. He also had big kicks throughout his career, beating Texas a year ago. The the number of times that, yeah, there's adventures and there's misses. And yeah. there's, was it the, what game was that early this season that he had it blocked and ran back for a touchdown? Oh, probably Louisiana. Maybe, no, no, it was like, it was a big 12 game. Was it? One of the first ones, but regardless. Maybe Baylor? Yeah. Because things, things got, uh, I don't remember, but you, I, I don't remember. But there's always an adventure, but he yeah. also made some big kicks yeah. in his career. It. It's nice when those redemption stories happen. And it seemed like he had one on uh, on Saturday. Brock Purdy extending that play when he's got maybe next year's number one pick in the draft, Thibodeau Tate chasing him. When he needed that first down, it was third and ten or whatever, and the play breaks down, and he outruns Thibodeau to the boundary, stretches out the ball, keeps the clock running, tick, 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 tick. And uh, it was great. Brock Purdy was terrific in the football game. So was Brees Hall. So was Charlie Kohler. Um it's really hard to find anything that went wrong, Trent. And, and look at, good for them. Good for them. A New Year's Six Bowl, a place that they'd never, ever been before. Disappointing that their fan base couldn't be there, but they were all watching in front of their televisions. Now we'll find out who's coming and who's staying. And they already got some news that Mike Rose is coming back, uh, that uh, Chase Allen is coming back. He's, he's what, this is year six that he, for, for him. <laughs> Brock Purdy is coming back for another year. Really, the only, I think, question mark that remains out there is Charlie Kohler, who is, yeah. uh, who is wrestling with this decision. It's not going to be easy for him. I mean, he's a bright kid. I think he's already graduated from everything. But is he, I mean, does it hurt to come back for another year? Does it help to leave now? He's going to explore. He's going to put his name into that uh, uh, the, that NFL exploratory committee, and we'll see what kind of feedback he gets. He'll be 22 here in a little less than a month. Age is a factor. More so in the NBA level. than the NFL, oh, yeah, but absolutely. sure. Yeah, but it's, it's still a factor. Uh-huh. And getting that clock and how much football that you have in front of you you mentioned that Mel Kuyper didn't have him among his top 10 tight ends. Neither him or Mike Rose. Mike Rose, again, because I still don't know what, we don't know measurable-wise you know, what Mike Rose is. Is he just, is he a Josie Jewell type? Is he a tick, maybe a tick slow? You can be productive, yeah. but you can't be elite. But Josie Jewell's becoming He's really productive. He really is. But maybe not elite. And yeah. same thing with Rose, where best case scenario, you're a fourth or fifth round selection, mm-hmm. something like that. Or Kohler, well, I don't know. I, I look at this guy. He's got the size, obviously. Mm-hmm. The He's a good route runner. Yes. Yep. He has the athletic ability, too. And we he was injured this whole year. You know, with two months to prepare to go through the combine and go through the process, and if he can get completely healthy in that time. I wonder if that's also a factor for him, too, though. Regardless of what that injury is, if this is going to be something where... We missed game one. Right. Yeah. But there were times you could see yeah. he wasn't right throughout the season. If it's you know a month to heal and then get ready for the combine, it's not enough time. And if that plays into his decision making, mm. because I believe certainly this guy, if he comes out and is healthy, he's certainly a top ten tight end. Well, I was shocked he wasn't on that yeah. list. Look at not that uh, Kuiper's not the end. I'll be nobody's good. He's been doing yeah. it for what 25, 40 years, 40 years yeah. whatever it's been. 
Yeah, it goes back to Trevor. Remember when he, Mel Kuyper made a name for himself? The Colts don't understand what they're doing when they. Who was it? Was it Trev Alberts that they drafted? Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. The GM of the Colts went off on him. I, so that, he's been, look, he's been doing it for a long time. Uh, so hats off to Iowa State. Remarkable win for them. Capper on a tremendous season. Now we'll find out when the AP comes out on a week from tomorrow, I guess, with their final rankings, where they fit. They're going to, they're going to have, a, I would think, a single digit beside their name. The debate will be then at that point, do they really belong there? Well, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the year, that's what that number's going to say. Uh, and then we will look ahead and, <laughs> boy, Cyhawk. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. The buildup is oh going to be God. immense. Okay, please. I'm in. Pre-season. I don't know if I could take nine months of it, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be like we haven't seen in a while. Call your shot here on January fourth. Iowa State will be preseason number what in the AP poll? Well, find out until August. Can you, can you give me a, a block? Sure. Ten to fifteen. You think that high? I do, Trent. They got their quarterback, their running back, uh, most of their defense back. They lose Greg Eisworth. They lose uh, Jaquan Bailey. Um, who else are they going to lose? One of their Lawrence White. He's he's gone, and he's he was good. But well, it's Iowa State. Yeah, I get it. And in the preseason polls, that mm-hmm. shouldn't matter, but it does. But again, an Iowa State team that didn't win the Independence Bowl. Right. This is the one that won the, won the Fiesta Bowl. Well, they played an opponent that was kind of like a Fiesta. Independence. They won. Opponent. They they paid the Pac twelve champion, and they beat the Pac twelve champion. <laughs> also finished third in their division. Well, at the end of the day, where's the Pac twelve championship trophy reside? Right. Or right. Me. Right. A team that gave Cal their only win of the year. Uh, is, this this is, is not a good who's, team. Who's the preseason running back? I mean, I mean Brees Hall's in the conversation. Oh, no yeah. Um, Hutchinson's good. Good receiver. Mm-hmm. They're off. Shaw's back. Shaw's back, and he took some steps this year. I want to see more from Skates. Uh, he's he's the one that consistency. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good word for him. Yeah, I'll go fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, so so I'm guessing your next question is going to be: Let's go to the eastern part of the state and where are they ranked? Are they ranked? Are they? Yes, they are. Yes, the way they finished the year, quarterback is back, mm-hmm. running backs. They lose Sergeant. They lose uh, Smith. Um, Smith Marset. Tight ends are back. Tight ends are back. They lose a top. 15 pick and Davion Nixon. Uh, uh, Golston is gone. Uh, secondary is good. Their All American kicker is gone. Gee. It's going to be on the fringes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Trent? That's funny you say that because I would have just instantly put them there. But yeah, I'm leaning towards you. I think it's going to be in the 20s, 24. Give me the give me the twenty one to twenty five range. Give me the eleven to fifteen range for the clones. I agree on Iowa. I'm going to go a tick lower. I'll take that sixteen to twenty range for Iowa okay. State. I think is this a points bet proposition? Isn't that what <laughs> points bet does? By the way, yeah. <laughs> what sports wagering, uh, mobile sports wagering, January first flipping the script has done for radio uh-huh. on sports talk radio. It's kind of akin to what elections. Do for WHO radio. Absolutely. Trent, you can't get on the station if you're an advertiser. There's just so many of them. Everybody wanting their business and offering, uh, you know, endorsements to sign up for these companies. It's, I, I would love, and I wish, um, that the state was, we keep pushing a real code to do this. 
you know, we break down. How much yeah. did Iowa bet on the Super Bowl? Oh, we're not. We we can't. We don't get that break. We'll ask for it. Get it? Yes. Right. How much money was wagered on January the first in the state of Iowa as compares it, to, to the last January yeah. the first? It would be night and day. How much on the second with Iowa State playing? There you go. It's got to be a huge, huge number in on and on and on. Hopefully, we will get there at that point. Mm-hmm. I, as everyone knows, I'm sure that listens. Yes, I like to wager. No, really. And it's not much, but I signed up for a bunch of different new accounts. Yeah, I, I tried would, to, and I got pissed off. Did you? Do, you weren't able to get uh, in, or I just passwords, <laughs> passwords. You and passwords. You always got issues with oh, those passwords. God. I, yeah, I mean, there was one of them. Will Luca Garza score a point? Yeah, <laughs> pretty good chance he will. Was that that was points bet? I, I think. think it was. And yeah, I got pissed off. I had trouble with that one too. But did FanDuel? Did Bet Rivers? Got a bunch of free bets out of bet twenty five dollar free wagers. Wow. You get eight of them. All right, sure. And there's no playthrough either that you had to play through twenty five times. Well, that it's money. credit though, right? It's not like if you put it, if, I can withdraw every one of those. So if you put a hundred, oh, that you won. Okay, mm-hmm. got you out of those free bets. Yeah. So I still got four more of them I got to use before the eighth, and hopefully that money ticks up even a little bit higher before we well, uh, cash here's, out. Here's the good news: there's a well before the eighth, so that's before the, that you have to cash out, or you have to use them prior to the NFL Wild Card Weekend. Then, right? That's, well, I could also put those waiters in before. Oh, they just sure, have to be in by the eighth. Gotcha. Yeah, and there's some lines you like uh, already NFL. You know what? I was talking to my my degenerate friend. Uh-huh. Um, What's that guy's name? Louis. That's the guy that I always hear you. Yeah. With. Yeah, <laughs> Louis cracks me Can- up, but I never even hear him. I Can- just hear your greatest handicapper. He calls himself. Wow. Um, and you may you can't bet now because of COVID. You can't play. Yeah, and, and the way that he plays is different than the way that I play. Yeah. Where if, if I get beat on something, I'm out five ten bucks. Uh-huh. Okay, that sucked. What was your so speaking of that? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Cincinnati fan. Where where are you on Luke Fickle after him completely, completely uh, blowing the end of uh, of the Georgia game in the Peach Bowl? Trent snapping the ball twice mm-hmm. with ten seconds left on a on a play clock and a snap clock that are tick tick ticking. That's twenty seconds. Throwing the ball on third down, I get it. You throw the ball on third down, pass is complete, game is over. But it wasn't complete. You run the ball. George is out of timeouts. That's 40 seconds. 40 plus 11 plus 12. That's a minute and three seconds that he cost his team. And as we saw, Georgia goes down the field. And on the last play of the game, a game that should have been over by a minute, a kid who's never kicked a game-winning field goal at any level, walks onto the field and promptly splits the sticks from 54. Luke Fickle, that is on you. Luke Fickle was very good at Ohio State. I understand there was a lot going on, but he was the head coach at Ohio State and was 500. Mm-hmm. Does that say a, mm. a lot about no. your coaching acumen? Not put up against Ryan Day's resume. I mean, do you, Michigan fan, do you really want that guy as opposed to Jim yeah. Harbaugh? Yeah. Jim Harbaugh has been to Super Bowls. Right. Jim Harbaugh won at Stanford before mm-hmm. anybody could mm-hmm. win at Stanford. Good point. Well, he had a pretty good quarterback. That helped. Right. Luke Fickle uh-huh. couldn't win at Ohio State. Trent, that was embarrassing watching. And they're good, but they are good, and that's the worst part about it because yeah. 
All the naysayers out there, though, they don't believe. And I'm one of them. I'll admit that. I wanted to see Cincinnati pick off Georgia in the Peach Bowl, and they should have. But their coach didn't give them that opportunity. Uh, so anyways, uh, look at where you were right and where I was wrong was in the Sugar Bowl. I gave Ohio State no chance. I have this, this Trevor Lawrence, blah, blah, blah. I Justin tried to Fe- warn you. You the- did. And Trent, they blew them out. That was the surprising part. I was not surprised. They won. It was just the fashion that they did it. Justin Fields. I never knew he had that kind oh, of toughness. Toughness? That's another thing. That's a whole other story. I mean, the doctors never even told him what, he was, what was wrong with him. Did you diagnose him for it? No, they didn't say a word. Just give me a shot. Get out there, kid. Get out there, amateur. Go play. Reminds you of Friday Night Lights. Just shoot him up, set him out there. Yeah, Kind of had that feeling to it. But he was fine oh, on the field. Oh, my God. Even as he was grimacing, uh-huh. trying to get on the bike, and, and on and on defense, and on. those linebackers, the middle of that defensive line. Trent, this can be a game a week from tonight. This can be a hell of a game, I think. I, I'm with you. In fact, I might take Ohio State in this game. Oh, really? You're jumping. You're jumping all the way back that other well, as way. As long as I can figure out a password, <laughs> then you're going to be good to go. It was to me. It was Dabo. Poking the hornet's nest when it didn't yeah. need to be. You know, I didn't think it was that big a deal. And it wasn't that big a deal when they took the field. But certainly that it got their attention in preparation. No doubt. Uh, I was here listening to Pete Thamel from Yahoo, longtime college Oh, he's really writer. good. He used to be the New York Times before that, I think. And he said that Ryan Day, it wasn't something that he was harping on throughout the week. But everybody knew. These kids are all on social sure. media. And to have that, and it was just something that apparently throughout the week was just... Just murmuring below mm-hmm. the surface. And you put a team as talented as Ohio State, and you put that kind of chip on their shoulder. You put that behind Ooh. them, just how good it is. You know, so many people. Ken, I know you watched the whole Ohio State-Indiana game. The final score did not indicate you're, you're how— 100% right. That should have been yes. a blowout. Yes. Ohio State, for two and— Oh, more than that. Two and three quarters quarters, yeah. were dominating that football they were. game. And Indiana just started chucking it up, and they're mm-hmm. coming down and making plays because they have really good receivers. Mm-hmm. Wop, really good receiver. By the way, Ohio State secondary on, on Saturday night played, played pretty well. It, it was the same thing I said about Alabama. If you want to just point at the Ole Miss game, you can poke a lot of holes in mm-hmm. Alabama. If you just want to poke a hole in that just over a quarter of the Indiana game, you can. But there's a lot more to mm-hmm. both of these teams. And you saw that play out. It was... Another blowout in a semifinal, but it felt so much different because it was the underdog, yeah. and it was fun to see this what Ohio did, what State did he kick off? What did it kick? Six and a half? It was, yeah. It was right around that touchdown uh-huh. number. Quite the performance. Uh-huh. I'm not quite with you, though, against Alabama. I think we, we very well could be reconvening in eight days and say, is this one of the best college football teams we've ever seen? You're talking about Alabama? About Alabama. Uh-huh. I still think the gap between them... And everybody else is that significant. Well, here's what makes me pause a little bit. The line play for Ohio, they dominated both sides of the football. Both Now, again, um, Alabama's pretty good on both sides of the football in their own right. But Ohio State, Trent, I didn't think they were, the, I didn't think they were as good as they looked on Saturday night. And if we get that, t- uh, that type of performance again, maybe you're right. Maybe Alabama will win comfortably. But teams that give Alabama fits, and this is why I wanted Clemson to be there, because Trevor Lawrence can throw the football. And that's why I thought Clemson and Alabama was going to be the best game. But watching Fields do what he did, and Alave getting back in there, that's, yeah. a, that, that's a big, a big addition. I mean, that touchdown that he threw to him, my God, that was pick. I mean, that was like he you know, drop it in, right? But that's how, exactly what happened. 
Sermon is a different guy than we saw. Where did that come from? Yeah. Starting in the Big 12, Big Ten Championship game to what we saw. 524 yards in two games. He is so... How big do you think he is? Do you know offhand? Uh, Weight-wise, you mean? Yes. I'm going to guess 220. See, he's listed at 6'1", 210. He's bigger than that. He looks like he's 6'4", 235 of just chiseled... He looks so much bigger uh, he than he is. He certainly looks bigger than He's like angular, maybe mm-hmm. it would be the word. He just has a different look. Because oh. I think Herb Street maybe mentioned 6'1", 210, you know, just kind of a throwaway as he was talking. Like, 6'1", 210, when is he smoking I'm back there at home? <laughs> right. There's no way he's 6'1". That's what he's listed yeah. at in the, in the roster. He looks so much bigger. But when Fields is at that level. Now, my another big concern I have, and we'll obviously talk more about this game as the week progresses, that offensive line for Ohio State got really banged up. They lost two guys at different parts of the game, and if they're not at 100%, Alabama's, this is not one of Alabama's, I mean, in the 14 years of Saban, Maybe in the top half, right? Maybe. Yeah, Marcel Darius is in the middle of that line, or some <laughs> right, of those right. guys. Yeah, good point. So I don't know if they're going to exploit it at the highest level, but if that offensive line isn't right for Ohio State, that's concerning, especially with the banged up fields behind. Well, they pushed Cleveland or Cleveland, Clemson around. They did. They pushed them around. They they wanted to take them left. They moved them left against their will. Uh, you know what's back, folks? Keywords are back for how long? Do you know Trent? Well, they're back for a while, anyways. They are. Uh, quarter number one, and it's that time right now. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword dollar to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Dollar to 200-200. Yeah, the, uh, it's not in the log here, Oh, and I don't know what the number is. But the disclaimer, uh, we'll play momentarily. <laughs> That's we got to be retrained when we start a new year, right? This is the start of our third year here together on KXNO. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And back at you. Scott Docterman from The Athletic will join us next. We'll get into that. And it really was. I mean, that was as entertaining a Big Ten basketball game. Rutgers and Iowa was tremendous. Here's that disclaimer, by the way. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, one more time, it's dollar to 200-200. Scott Dockerman on Rutgers and Iowa uh, and the Hawkeyes. Linderbaum is coming back. He made that official, which is really good news uh, for the Hawks. Uh, we'll talk to Doc next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3. Coupons vary. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. With you until noon, Bama Bob and Dave Sproul on Iowa State in hour number two. Right now, Scott Docterman uh, from The Athletic. He joins the program. Doc Trenton, Ken, Happy New Year to you. How are you, Doc? I'm doing great, guys. Happy New Year to you. And uh, just looking at our 
the beautiful snow outside. It, lo- it looks like a majestic winter wonderland. It really does. Uh, there's been some pretty mornings uh, in, in these winter months, but soon it'll be gone, Doc, and there'll be spring football, and the hype meter will be in the red zone because in both uh, Iowa and Iowa State this year, and this, um, you know, this looking way ahead, just to begin with here, I think that the 2021 edition of Cyhawk, maybe partly because we didn't have it, and certainly Trent and I are not going to talk about this every day, uh, but doesn't it seem like that to you in, in kind of in the far, long distance here that this game uh, is going to be off the charts hype-wise once we get to September? Absolutely. I'm actually going to write about that today. That is, when you look at the way you know Iowa State had its best ever season, won the Fiesta Bowl, and it's going to finish in the top ten. And, and Iowa, I think, has been a little bit undervalued and unfortunately didn't get a conclusion to the season, but both teams are going to return the guts of a very good team. And as you mentioned, I think not getting that game hurts. And normally I think you'd see a little bit more of an uptick in the discussion about it. But I think the fact is that it, it might be one of the very best non-conference games of the season. Mm. And then on top of it, the fact that it's a, it's a big rivalry game for this state and both team, you know, both programs are in a really strong place. I, I, I don't see – I think this is going to be off the charts, and I'm really excited to see how it kind of matriculates. Hopefully people don't get too nasty too too soon because we got a long way to go <laughs> right. before that game takes place. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I think there's going to be plenty of nastiness leading up here until we get to September and are able to see that game. Before that, though, I was going to have a huge one itself against Indiana. Oof. That is the season opener next year, an Indiana team themselves who returns a lot in – for some reason, they got it in their heads over there in Hoosierland that Gary Barta and the Big Ten's all against him there. That's going to be a pretty fun buildup to kick off the season before we even get to Cyhawk Week. Yeah, especially if that game sticks on that first weekend. I mean, there's going to be you know some surgery to the Big Ten schedule. There mm. has to be because six different series flipped um, oh. this year, uh, where you know there were back-to-back games played like Michigan. State had to go to Michigan two times in a row. That's not they're not gonna go for three years in a row. So there's gonna be some surgery on a schedule. And uh but I, I mean that first weekend could be dynamic for the league. And then uh, and to top it off, you know, Nebraska is supposed to play Illinois in Dublin, Ireland. Mm. And uh that's a zero week game. I wouldn't be surprised if that one comes back to Earth or I mean America. <laughs> but I also think that it could uh it could land on zero week and and if I were the Big Ten, I'd start nudging a game or two up, up so you can, you know, maybe get a little bit more exposure. But if it's the Iowa Indiana game that we didn't get to see in the crossover challenge, if we get that in the first week at the Kinnick Stadium and we got a full Kinnick, uh, you know, the hype meter is going to be going at, you know, pretty high for for Iowa for two weeks in a row. It's just, you know, unfortunately for the Hawkeyes, the Indiana lost its last game to Ole Miss, so uh, they won't finish. You know, they they'll probably finish at the top. 20, but I wouldn't say anything higher than, you know, 18th or 19th. Uh, Doc, the roster as we know it now, we we got the news, Linderbaum is coming back, Jackson, of course, is moving on. What's the biggest decision still lingering out there, Doc, as far as somebody that could leave, could do the exploratory uh, with, with the NFL? What's the biggest decision Iowa football is waiting on, pursuant to their roster for next year? I think there are two, and I would say both of them seem to be leaning on leaving, but you know, until you actually see that post, you kind of got to hold off on. And one is Jack Heflin, mm-hmm. you know, fifth-year guy, graduate transfer from 
uh, Northern Illinois. Uh, he did a really good job of, of working alongside Davion Nixon, and, and he's, I think he's got some good football left in him. And it would be a really big move if he could stay the way Zach Valkenberg offered to stay. And then the other one's Matt Hankins. And, uh, you know, again, I think he's leaning towards leaving, and I and I'd imagine that that's what kind of co-oxed, uh, uh, coaxed uh, Xavier Williams into coming to Iowa. But, I, I, you know, you do, until, again, it, both of those cases, you just don't know. When they leave, they go home, they talk about things, maybe they check into the NFL a little bit, and then they, they still haven't made a public decision yet. I think that's what those two are kind of hanging out there because otherwise – Iowa's got a pretty good roster returning. And as you mentioned, Tyler Linderbaum coming back, and he's probably a top 50 guy. That's yeah. massive for this program and what he's been able to do. So this is a, this is a unit that, and a team that's got a lot of pieces returning. So the wide receiver group is a group that does have some question marks after the departure of Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith, uh, two pretty talented guys. We saw certainly glimpses of them throughout their career. Tyrone Tracy's back. Seen him flash a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Regani, Regani's been okay. What else? What What are some of the young guys you're hearing? Maybe that has a chance to to catch fifteen, twenty balls next year. Obviously, Charlie Jones is going to step in. Oh, the there you go. And yeah. I think I think he's probably a guy that was a little. You know, I mean, it, it was a numbers mm-hmm. game, and when you got two seniors like Brandon Smith and Amir Smith Barset, his snaps are going to be down. But I think he's going to step in and be really good for Iowa. And, and one thing to remember about. Tyrone Tracy, when he came in for Brandon Smith in 2019, uh, when he got hurt, he became one of only two receivers since Marvin McNutt to catch more than 30 passes at, an eight, at 16 yards per catch. So he's got he's full of dy- you know he's a dynamic player and and so I think he'll be really good. He'll take that next step. Uh, Nico Regani is a guy who's taught a lot of passes uh, in the slot, and then I think Charlie Jones is probably out there, but. Two other guys that I, I have my eyes on just immediately, you know, Desmond Hudson, you know, was a guy who registered in 2019, but was kind of pushing to, to almost get into that level. And then the other one is an incoming guy, Keegan Johnson from, from Bellevue, Nebraska. Four-star recruit, dad played for the Huskers in the mid-90s, um, you know, really good guy, you know, player, and he's going to be coming in at semester. So I think he's got a chance to push for some reps. So this, this the receiver uh, group, yeah, you're going to miss a little bit of what you had with those guys. I think they're both pretty good quality mm-hmm. players, but I don't think the drop-off's going to be real extreme. Hmm. Doc, uh, prior to um, the Fiesta Bowl on Saturday, we had an unbelievably entertaining Big Ten basketball game at the Rack. Uh, Iowa Rutgers going toe-to-toe. It was really a fun game to watch. Uh, Iowa prevails uh, by, a, by, a, by a bucket in the basketball game. Luke Garza takes over uh, in that game. Uh, what's, what's One of the things that stuck out to me, Doc, was Connor McCaffrey couldn't answer the bell. I mean, he played three minutes, uh, got his uh, turned his ankle, but there he is at the end, inbounding the ball. Um, we we hear all the time what a good passer, what a what a basketball IQ Connor McCaffrey has, and Luca Garza the biggest recipient of that on most nights. But when he needed the ball inbounds and uh, wanted to put it into somebody he had confidence with, here comes Connor McCaffrey limping in to do nothing more than inbound the basketball. <laughs> it just shows you that he is the glue player to this team. He. He's the extra heartbeat, the tough guy. You know, the, the guy is not willing, you know, is not willing to back down to anybody who will get in anybody's face and do whatever it takes to win. And, and that's, you need those 
players on the team, and you could kind of tell through the course of the game when he was hurt and he couldn't play. Uh, you know, they they brought in different guys. You know, Aaron Euless got you know mm-hmm. saw some time. You know, Perkins, Tony Perkins saw some time, but they looked a little disjointed because he does command the floor, even if he's not the the point guard. And I think that's something that everybody kind of recognized as the game progressed. And for him to go in in that situation and show that kind of toughness to make sure that they could feel that victory says a lot about him and, and this team. And the only other player that I, I can think of as a parallel was about 10 years ago with Matt Gayton, who sprained his ankle in shoot-around and uh, wanted to play in the worst way because students were let in free, and that's when they had so many problems with attendance that he chose to stand up at the end of the bench when he came out of the games rather than sit because he didn't want the ankle to swell. So uh, this was uh, this was along those lines as far as toughness goes that I've seen out of uh, an Iowa player. You mentioned Aaron Euless getting in there, Tony Perkins. The future looked pretty bright with those two guys. And, of course, Keegan Murray, what he's doing here during his freshman campaign. Doc, I know you've had a couple of uh, spats with Fran, You know some things that you disagree with. I'm a big Fran fan, but there's also things in the game that annoy the crap out of me. The two-foul rule, not following up three late in games. That's going to happen, I think, when you see a coach for a long time. But, Doc, you know just this program, what they were what it was 11 years ago before he took over, what they are today, a top-10 team, what the future looks like here. If you can, just describe the job, job Fran McCaffrey's done overall, getting this program back to the levels of Dr. Tom. It's been really impressive. And the, the reason it's been impressive is he took the steps to take it from being in a crater, and that's really how I would describe it under Licklider, to being competitive, to being uh, among the better teams in the league, to absorbing a fall, and then to get in a better situation. Um, and that shows, to me, I, I think that's one of the things with a great coach is a very good coach could take you from A to B, and then when you reach the mountaintop, um, can you do it again? And can you fall and you can, can you get back there again? And I think Fran did that because, you know, three or four years ago, whenever it was, when they – you know, bottomed out in the Big Ten, you know, you kind of wondered, all right, is this the end? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were all kinds of transfer rumors, and and he was able to hold it together, and then now they put themselves in this position of being, you know, on, on track for one of the better seasons in Iowa basketball history. And uh, they've, they've recruited at a higher level. They've been able to keep their players, and now younger players are able to step in at critical junctures and, and show these important steps. And, and Keegan Murray is at the top of the list. I mean, I don't think anybody expected what you've seen out of him. You know, four offensive good. rebounds, so underrated, and, yep. of course, 14 points and nine points across the board. Um, you know, and, but it's, you know, how, he, how is he going to be judged, though? It's what's going to happen in March. You know, how do they finish in the Big Ten regular season? How do they finish in the Big Ten tournament? And, of course, most importantly, how they finish – when they go to Indiana for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that was just announced that the entire tournament is going to be there, Doc. Uh, look, I, I don't know how long this has been on a whiteboard who first came up with this idea of putting it there. Um, it's right in the heart of college basketball. It makes sense for a lot of reasons, a lot of travel being cut down, etc. a lot of venues with uh, short proximity to one another. Just your thoughts on uh, Indianapolis essentially uh, getting the entire NCAA men's basketball tournament this year. Honestly, I love it, and I, I've been to Indianapolis several times for football or basketball, and I think it's just it's a great venue, and 
to just to showcase it. And there's, I don't really think out of all the cities that I've been to, I don't think there's a better one when it comes to being able to to showcase a tournament of this type and the walking around ability in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. the love that the area has for basketball. And then, you know, you look at, you know, Bloomington's going to be involved. West Lafayette's going to be involved. It's going to be just something we've never seen before. And then I don't know what fans, if fans are going to be allowed or not. I didn't read that far into the press release, <laughs> to be honest. But, I, you know, either way, those atmospheres are special. And I think the ability for everything to be condensed to try to keep things, uh, you know, as, as small as possible, I, I think we're going to see a tremendous tournament. And I can't wait to see it, in, you know, uh, you know, from either up close or afar, just depending on the situation. Doc, full uh, circle here. You won't see it up close, but you'll see it from afar. The national championship game from a Big Ten perspective. Ohio State getting another victory. They're first in the college football playoff since 2014 in that run to the championship. Just an overall overview of that, and since we won't talk to you until next Monday, a quick thought of the game. The, mo- the two most athletic teams, I think you're seeing teams that are, uh, you know, an NFL factory and head to head. And what we saw out of, out of Ohio State mm-hmm. was um, kind of what we saw in 2014. I mean, they were overlooked. They were, they were ticked off and they made it all work for them. And I, I think this has the makings of an outstanding game because you go player by player and position by position. And there are positives with all of them. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, if it was Alabama and Clemson, I think you'd lose half the country. I think half the country would say, oh, well, it's just Alabama. And I agree. But, yep. but, but adding Ohio State, adding the Big Ten, adding mm-hmm. North versus South, it's going to be it's gonna, the ratings are going to be like what they yep. were six years ago. I think you'll see a great turnout on television, you know, for television ratings. And then across the board, you'll see a lot of interest. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic Doc. We will uh, talk more about that with you on Monday, when uh, a week from today, when we reconvene. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Look forward to reading that Cyhawk January hype article at The Athletic, <laughs> as Trent and I are both subscribers. Appreciate it, Doc. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You do the same. Scott Docterman from The Athletic joining us. Uh, Good stuff there. A couple of newsworthy things. Well, one in particular, as Cappy alluded to when he joined us last Wednesday, the name he was hearing to take over for Len Casper. He was right. It is official. John Boog Shambi is the voice of the Cubs on television. That is a huge, huge get. He's a really good From Chris Myers to this. Yeah, no, it's big. Thank goodness. Yeah, big. Uh, leaves ESPN to come to the Marquee Network. Of course, I'll have to bring his shirt and ties with him and his coats. Um, Why does that bother you? Because <laughs> he's calling a damn baseball game. Uh-huh. Um, Trust the part. But he'll, he'll look professional, yeah, and he will because he'll be forced to by the Force. Marquee Sports Network. But you know what? He's a, he's a really talented. Uh, I look forward to him and Deshays. I think those two will have some. Everybody that Chambi works with. <laughs> There's uh, seemingly the chemistry's always been good. He's yeah. great, Trent. That's a good hire. Does really good job. Did a lot of ESPN radio during the playoffs. Yes. Flip that on mm-hmm. every once in a while, and just you're right. He can translate to both sides of it, and I, I really like how he uses analytics. He'll talk about analytics, but it's nothing that he beats you over the head with. It's not. Where it sucks up the game, where sometimes it kind of has that feeling. Yeah, it loses the older demographic. Yes. He marries it, I think, incredibly uh-huh. well. And that's a good thing for, for a baseball broadcast. 162 one team. 
takes a special type. I think this is the guy that can absolutely do that. You know, a topic for a uh, for, for I mean, how is the pandemic going to change sports broadcasting? Well, these guys go on the road. Yeah, travel at Will the same they? level. Yeah, I mean, is it cut down? I think it is. Uh, the other news: Anthony Lynn has been fired by the Chargers. He's out. Um, so the Chargers, this is the name to watch here. There's a lot of folks that believe the reason Jim Harbaugh did not sign his contract with Michigan is this is the one that has his attention. Oh, because well, of Herbert? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good spot right there, right? A lot Bosa's of talent on that either. roster. James, you never can't, you can't stay healthy. Right. Uh, but boy, oh boy, he's as good a safety as you're going to find. So That's a pretty good theory. This is, this is the one to watch, a lot of folks believe. So Anthony Lynn has been moved out. It is Black Monday in the NFL. So this brings the coaching to like six, I think, six openings. Gase got it last night. Marone got it early this morning. Mm-hmm. Lynn now. Of course, the uh, the lines were already open. Um, lots of them. Anyways, we will come back, finish up the hour. Shambi, the voice of the Cubs on the Marquee Sports Network. David Kaplan nailing that one when he joined us last Wednesday. He'll be with us this Wednesday and every Wednesday. It's Miller and Condon with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 101. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM as we take you until noon. You know what I didn't realize watching the Fiesta Bowl, Trent? I guess I didn't know this was Mike Golick's last appearance on ESPN. I remember that from way back earlier this season when he said, yeah, I'll do some college games. I'm still under contract. I still want to do something. So this was him just fulfilling the contract. Yes. And ESPN was good with it. Mm -hmm. But there has been no talk of, you know, once once you do this game or get to this date, nah, you're out. Well, and I was a little bit surprised when I saw he was doing it because I figured that the contract ran out December 31st. And then I saw that and, well, that's interesting. But then... So did it go through January 5th or something like that? Or they just tacked on one more game? Right. (laughs) Tacked on one more game and said, all right, that's good. And now. Well, because in the middle of the game, they start talking about his career. It's like, we get it. He was really good. I'm not minimizing what he did, but you got a football game and then they're bringing in a cake. And then it dawned on me, I wonder if this is the end. Right. And it was the end of his career. Well, I mean, good for him. Um, He's going to show up. At some some place, uh-huh. wonder if he goes the route of you know like a Dan Patrick who kind of syndicated on their own initially. Yeah, Patrick was he's a different animal. Yes, I, I don't think that Golik's that guy. Needs to have the right partner with uh-huh. him. Him and Wingo were okay. Didn't hear a ton of it. Not when him and Mike Greenberg got together. That was I love that radio that they did early on. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really really good. It was something different. Yep. It was. The first radio that I national radio I heard that would be doing football in May, yeah, June right. and July. I'm like oh, this is great. Now it's morphed into where basically everybody does it, but they were at the forefront of that. They also talked a lot more college football in the beginning stages, as morphed into just pretty much all NFL yeah. at the end of it. But he's going to show up somewhere, and uh, I'm sure he'll do a good job of it. But yeah, just the oddity of all right, 
There is a game he's going on. in the middle of the game. They're, yeah. they're, they're going over every part of his career and showing pictures of his family. And thinking, Jesus, get back to the game. Then it, it realized um, you know, what they were doing. But, but we got was, to talk to Golick. Was it before we did, the Louisiana, Louisiana game? game. He yeah. did that game. He did the Louisiana game. I think he had Iowa State another time, too. But, but yeah, um, I think you're right. Uh, regardless, so just normally this time we talk to Nick Athen on on the Chiefs, and we'll I think we're going to get Athen on the Chiefs and Syndicate on the Packers at the same time. So just uh, a couple of minutes on the NFL as we run out of our um, biggest takeaway from yesterday. The NFL was just a disgrace at the end of the Philadelphia uh, uh, the uh, Philadelphia uh, the football team game. Um, Doug Peterson should be embarrassed that, and so should the owner, quite honestly, uh, of, of the Eagles for what they did for. Jalen Hurts was moving the ball up and down the field. Mm-hmm. This was going to be a hell of a finish. And you want to get Nate Sudfield? You want to get your backup quarterback, a guy that probably won't be on the roster, some playing time? Come on. I'm shocked by this take from you. You are Mr. Tank. You want... Yeah, but this is tank for number one. It's Well, okay. But you're tanking for the sixth overall pick because they would have drafted, had they won, they would have gone from sixth to ninth. Mm-hmm. So you're dry, you're you're taking. But I've heard for, you say just that every. Yeah, but Trent, it, it it depends on what's going on, on the other side of the field. Washington loses that game, they're out. Yeah. This this was this tight it cuts at the integrity of the game. It's not like yesterday the Raiders and the Broncos, both teams out. Who cares, right? Or the Lions and the Vikings, both teams were out. This was an important game for the league. And in the spotlight, to do what he did, Nate Sudfield, when Hertz is giving his team a chance to win, I should be ashamed. You don't see it that way? I don't. Oh, I do. Didn't play Mahomes in the final week. Resting guys. Yeah, but yeah, they locked up the one seed. Who did they play? Chargers. They weren't in the playoffs. They had nothing to play for. Chargers, all of a sudden, they dropped. I don't even know what they won. <laughs> did they? <laughs> I have no idea. Miller and Condon, another hour to go. 1460, 106.